Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all of those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you His Holy Spirit. Now about your love for one another. We do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's Word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the loud voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. In verse 1 we read, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, We instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. And so to do what more and more? To live in a way that pleases God. You see, friends, we should always be growing in the Lord. You never graduate in your relationship with God until you go to be with the Lord in heaven. And so just as Paul encouraged these believers in the early church to grow in God and continue to live in such a way that pleases God, you and I should be encouraged to continue in our faith and the expression of our faith as far as how we live, and as Paul says, to do this more and more. You see, friends, we were called to live before God and to live holy lives. It's part of the expectation that God has of us. It's not a matter of salvation or being lost. It's a matter of once you're saved, how then should we live? 
That was a title of a book many years ago, How Then Should We Live? And the premise being, now that we're saved, what's the difference in our lives compared to uh, before we were saved and now? And the difference is we're living more Christ-like. We're living more holy. Paul writes in verse 2, For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified and that you should avoid sexual immorality. Each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And so this is very clear. This is talking to Christians, that Christians should not be involved in sexual immorality of any kind. I would include pornography in that, even though it was not an issue in Paul's day. It is certainly a form of sexual impurity and sexual immorality. Christians have no business involved in pornography or sexual immorality um, of any sort, we're supposed to live honorably before God. He goes on to say that um, no one should take advantage of a brother or sister in Christ. And he's talking about sexual advantage. You know, there's a very unusual phenomenon that you may not have noticed. And it's essentially this, that spiritual people, our hearts are open to other people in a deeper, more intimate way than those who are not in Christ. And by that, I think it's a godly thing. We're intended to love each other and to share our lives more fully. Uh, Now that we're in Christ, there's to be uh, an eternal aspect to our friendships and our relationships. Well, the devil can pervert that, that people could use this God-given friendship and intimacy and transparency between Christian males and Christian females in a way that leads to someone taking sexual advantage of the other person. That should never, ever occur. And Paul writes that God will punish everyone who commits such sins. He's warning them to be pure and to live a holy life. And by extension, he's warning us. By extension, I'm warning you. And I'm taking this warning to myself. We're not to reject the instructions of the Lord. In um, verse 8, Paul writes, Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. So this is not a Victorian ideology that um, we're to be sexually pure. This is not some antiquated sexual moray that is passe. This is the Word of God. It's the Word of God that's timeless and eternal to me and to you. We're to live sanctified lives, holy lives in the Lord. Part of that is sexual purity, and uh, we're not to be promiscuous. We are to be in control of our own bodies, submitted to the Holy Spirit and the Lord's guidance. He goes on in verse 11 to write, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business. (laughs) I like that. And work with your hands, just as we told you. So Paul says, The Holy Spirit instructs you and me to mind your own business. Lead a quiet life. Don't be a busybody, a gossip, a troublemaker. Why? So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. This dependence is talking about working with your own hands. Now, I know that sometimes there are Christian missionaries and others that live by the kindness of of God's people, giving donations and so forth. But unless it's someone called to that type of life, uh, you're not to expect others to support you If you're physically able and mentally able to work, you should work. We should all work. And so the Lord expects that. This is a good instruction for all generations. We're to lead quiet lives, mind our own business, and work. 
This goes on to start dealing more with the return of the Lord Jesus. And in fact, 1 Thessalonians 4 has some of the most famous and often quoted verses in the New Testament on the return of Jesus Christ. And I want to read some of these verses, but I want to preface it with this remark. I am not addressing the so-called rapture of the church, whether it occurs pre-trib, post-trib, etc., mid-tribulation. I know that many of you out there listening, if you're, you've been in Christ a while, you've heard these different theological terms. It is inescapable and undeniable that at some point the church will be called to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is talking about, the return of the Lord and the church going to be with the Lord forever. It's talking about the dead in Christ going to be with the Lord forever. It's talking about those who are alive on the earth when Christ comes going to be with the Lord forever. And so whatever your theology of when this happens, there is no doubt that it happens. So let's read verse 15 and following. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, this is talking about the coming of Jesus, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So this is talking about the dead are not going to miss it. Jesus is not going to come in some subtle way that uh, is just for a few people or for just for the living. He's coming for the dead in Christ and the living in Christ. Verse 17, after he comes with this shout from heaven and the trumpet call of God, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them, the dead in Christ, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So this is talking about a a catching away of the church or a calling of the church, the dead and the living, to be with the Lord Jesus. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, what is the encouragement? What is the the hope that we're to encourage each other with? The hope is you're not going to miss it if you die before the Lord returns. If you're in Christ, dead or alive at the return of Jesus Christ, we will go and be caught up to be together with him forever. This is our destiny. This is our hope. This is our our blessed hope. This is the thing we're to encourage one another with. If you live righteously in Christ Jesus, it doesn't matter if you have to pass through death before Jesus returns to earth. You will, in fact, go to be with him in the fullness of time, as will all those who have have come to know the Lord. Now, there's a secondary interesting observation that I want to make with this. In a Jewish wedding in the first century, the bride went out to meet the bridegroom. And so when Jesus comes, the bride of Christ, the church, is going to go up to meet the Lord in the air. Now, this is not clearly spelled out in the text, but it was a Jewish cultural tradition in the first century that the bride would go to meet the bridegroom. You see, friends, Jesus is just not coming back from people who have been uh, forgiven their sins and excused from eternal punishment. Jesus is coming back for the redeemed bride of Christ. That's me. That's you. That's the dead who have died in Christ. That's the living in Christ and all of those who will come to a saving knowledge of Christ Jesus before he returns. And we who are alive will be preceded by the dead in Christ first. Then we, too, will join them to be with the Lord Jesus forever. Lord, I pray that each of us would have a living encounter with you now 
and that we would live in such a way that we control our own bodies, that we're not sexually immoral, that we're not taking advantage of any brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray, Lord, that we would live lives pure and not impure, that we live holy lives. Lord, I ask that we would be able to receive the instruction of your word. God, teach us to lead quiet lives and to mind our own business, to work with our own hands, and to trust in the fact that we will not miss the second coming of Christ. We love you, Lord. We love your word. And we thank you for this blessed hope. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.